Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. This is Season 5, Episode 4. It's Just For You, with Jess Ackerman. Jess Ackerman is a non-binary Portland-based painter known for their highly emotive narrative depictions of flowers, tablescapes, and queer abstracts. They spoke with me about developing voice and momentum in painting, and the influence their journey of personal discovery throughout the COVID-19 pandemic has had on their artwork and process. Here's Jess. My name is Jess Ackerman. I'm a painter based in Portland, Oregon. And much of my work connects with abstracted psychedelic botanicals and the influence my sobriety has on that work and how you can now view the world around you so differently with a different outlook. It's sort of something I've always done. I mean, even in first grade, I was entered in like weird little like art contests and stuff. In high school, I was in like AP art and like the Art Honors Society and like hardly graduated high school, but they pushed me to graduate kind of on a fluke because I got grant money for the high school. And then like some friends went to art school and I couldn't do that. And so I just started kind of just like making zines and like show flyers for friends and like doing like weird basement art shows and like coffee shop stuff forever. And I'm originally from the Bay Area, and so it was down there, and like 11 years ago now, I came up to Portland, and sort of the same thing, just like cold calling cafes to show work, doing random brand work, like very low-key, while still like carrying a service industry job, which was honestly how I met like so many of my friends and like other artists, with like without the service industry here in Portland, like I would not be able to be where I am now, which is like a full-time artist, which is just the craziest dream come true. I got laid off from my coffee job in March, 2020. At that point, I was already really struggling with painting because I was like starting to get a little more attention from that. And more people were reaching out for projects. Getting laid off, it was like, well, okay, I'm just going to throw myself into my work more now that I have so much time. And Honestly, that momentum and like people being home and like, I think wanting to connect more with art because everything in 2020 was so daunting and it's like, okay, how can I find one good thing? And so I feel like a lot of people started connecting more closely to artists. Again, I've always had a strong style and I've always kind of had my own approach. I used to do a lot of like illustration when I was doing zines you know, just doing like weird art for people and like myself and prints and whatever. That's one of those things that I think I've just always had. And so now working with acrylics on canvas, I really love doing like blocked colors. And so it's easy for me to kind of include these like larger blocked images. On the canvas, I love layering color so much. Like I usually will prime all my canvases black because when I'm adding the color over that, can help with so much depth in like a really simple flat seeming image. 
But with that and adding on top of it, you can get so much more depth from like really simple things. Photographing my work, it might from further away just look like, oh, these are just like, it's a pink table with a flower on it. But then when you can get closer, you can see like, oh, there's actually so much more going on here. I, I usually work commission-based, so like just with a, a client and being able to create something so intimate for them has been so special. It's really amazing. It's just for you and your home. I'm talking to someone right now to figure out a good way to maybe make a print. I need to raise some funds for um, gender affirming surgeries coming up. That might be the only way for me to do it. I found someone that does like hot press fine art prints. And so we're trying to figure out a way to make it look honest to my work and still give like people a more accessible painting. I was such a shy kid. I was so shy. I couldn't order food for myself. Like I liked being alone, but then like when you're not pushed and you keep getting older, like not socializing yourself, you just get kind of weird. And then when I started drinking in my teens, people thought I was funny and like I was able to open up more and like become more comfortable. And so, oh, I'm getting the serotonin boost of positive attention from drinking and that's just like the slippery slope of it and a lot all of my work previously was really dark I drew a lot of like sort of like monsters and creatures I loved like all of the cool old like 80s horror imagery and so that's what all my work was and then started my recovery in 2016 and it was like night and day like I could not paint the same it was, it was the wildest thing. And it was like a lot of just the more abstract work because feeling so much more present, feeling the movement through myself, creating the work instead of this pensive, angry idea coming out, it all felt so much more raw emotional. And so being able to have such a different outlook really allowed me to just make very different work while still being myself and realizing like, it's okay to let that other person go my entire life changed when I started my recovery. Just everything, every relationship, myself, my confidence. I mean, being in Portland, there's so much socially acceptable addiction here. And I mean, there's a huge sober community here too, but like, it is really hard to recognize if you have a problem. I was married at the time, actually, and they were a a bartender. And so, I mean, the first six months, it was like, I had to just throw my hands up and just like, I can't go out. I can't do it. I'm just going to go to work and go home. And it was like detoxing and feeling sick for, for months, you know, like you're detoxing out of your skin and everything. It just is, it's so wild when your body is dependent on the substance and then deciding to not have it. I mean, I went about it really differently. Like I didn't enter a program. And for me, AA was always really hard because the anonymous aspect was really hard for me to find. And I also at the time didn't have like transportation. And so it was like, okay, like everyone knows me. I can't go to these meetings, like the further ones out, I can't get to. And so it was really like an isolating process. And so it was like, I was, I ended up being sober for like a year and a half before finding a good therapist to work with. And that's when things really started rolling. Cause then you see like where it all comes from. Because, I mean, everything comes from our childhoods, but 
yeah, it was really lonely. I had friends that were really supportive of me, but I also lost like a large amount of my social circle. It's like, oh, let's do like a drink and draw. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things about that I can't do. Like if I'm socializing, I can't draw. Are you kidding me? There are these like benefit shows at Dig a Pony for a little while where it was like a drink and draw. And I had to just like put my head down and like work. And I was sober at the time. So it was just like a, it was kind of a whirlwind where I'm like, oh my God, this is literally an event for people to get drunk at. I have to, you know, I'm just going to keep my head down and drink like a coffee for hours and just like try to work. Like, what do you do with your hands at a show if you're not drinking? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, the last like year and a half now, there haven't been that many shows. It's kind of starting to happen, but like going again, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I've been, I'm, I've been sober for five years now and I'm still just like, okay, how many soda waters can I drink before my body won't let me drink anymore? It completely changed my outlook and like what I wanted to do. And so I'm still like, in some ways, like, you know, like, what do I paint? feels hard because I'm still sort of in some ways figuring it out like right now I've been going through a phase of really loving like botanical stuff but at the same time I love fucking around with color I think color is what's more interesting to me than the subject matter even that's like a huge like more of the like physical feeling of it than the subject matter because the subject matter tends to be in my case more of the relationship between the client and like okay what can we make together gender is looking back on my life now I'm 31 and I think about myself as a child and everything I felt feeling so othered in my body I was I'm six feet tall and so like I've always been taller I was always taller than all of my friends or anyone I might be like interested in I was always taller than before I moved up here but being like a young, like raised as a girl person, I always had broader shoulders and I've always been taller than everyone. Trying to socialize with other kids, I was always put in a masculine role. The first time socializing with other kids, I still just remember it's like, oh, you're the boy. You like adopt that idea. And I see it in like, I was mostly wow. raised by my father and I see, you know, he didn't know he didn't anticipate being a father. And so he didn't really know what to expect. He's like, oh, I, here's a, I have a daughter. What do I do? What do I dress them in? Okay, a t-shirt and cargo shorts. And I'm going to cut their hair short. Everything around me was like, oh, my, I'm comfortable in between more. And then like becoming a teenager when everything just is so much harder. And like, I have endometriosis. So my body just like, wants to like hemorrhage anytime I'm having a period and so it's like everything about my body was like this doesn't feel right something's not right like everything about femininity and womanhood doesn't is so different and like alien to me but then you know as I got older it was just like okay how can I just assimilate to like get through getting out of the service industry and not being in the like fishbowl of being witnessed every day at work because I mean customers will just comment on how you look constantly. I've had people like, I have some, ta I have tattoos. And so it's like someone once like grabbed my arm across the bar to look at my tattoos. There's no agency over yourself. And so getting out of that, I always knew I was queer. That was like never the question, but then being able to really 
assess the relationship with my body, I've always disassociated from it because it's always been something that's caused pain instead of it being something like, oh, this is a, a unit of like a body and a mind. It's always like, oh, my imagination and my mind is so much more interesting. I'm just not going to think about the body. But then being, you know, in this pandemic, being able to be like really sit with myself and be like, oh, like realizing more about what non-binary meant. Because I actually, I didn't, you know, I knew queer and I knew there's non-binary folks and like hearing people talk about actually on TikTok of all things, like younger people talking about it. I was like, oh my God, these people are saying everything I felt. I can like appreciate femininity more when I'm not trying to reject it within myself. And so being non-binary mm. for me is appreciating both sides instead of feeling trapped on one. And I think that was such a freeing, amazing thing for myself. I don't want to transition and be a man. Like I'm not a man, but then I also, I'm not a woman. Like I, there's nothing, I have no maternal instinct. I, I feel so alien with anything like that, but I can love both sides in between. I have some more opportunity to paint my own things coming up. And so that's something I'm hoping to delve into. I'm just not, I'm not super into like most portraits. I feel too stuck. Like, oh, this is the personality of the piece now, instead of like it being able to be um, interpreted by anyone. Cause usually like, even like when I give the painting to the client, they'll be like, oh, I love how this feels. And I'm like, I didn't even notice that. And it's like, I love how you're taking your own interpretation, but giving like a face on a painting for me seems too like strict. Like, oh, this is the personality. This is the face. That's where it is. I actually was supposed to have my gender assessment with a counselor yesterday and they had to reschedule. To get in a consultation even, you need a primary care doctor to send a referral and a like a psychologist to give you an assessment and send a referral. Hmm. And my general therapist doesn't um, specialize in gender. So she was saying, she was like, well, I could write you the referral, but I don't want you to. And I want you to find a gender focused therapist, but everyone's booked out. So I finally found someone to at least do the assessment, but it's been like a many month process. <laughs> you can check out Jess's work on Instagram at sleepy Jess or on their website, at jessackerman.com. This episode was sponsored by Oregon Humanities and the Oregon Community Foundation. Written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Ellie Swope. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to reach out at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairieradio.com.